Welcome to No One's Ever Ask Me That, where you'll hear inspiring, real, behind-the-scenes stories from high achievers building a life and a business with passion, designed to motivate you, inspire you, teach you, and show you exactly what's possible for you, too. This is No One's Ever Ask Me That with your host, Christine McAllister. I'm so excited to welcome today's guest of no one's ever asked me that. Uh, Eli Wild and I, I first came across you, Eli, in a mastermind that I was in with our mutual friend, Andrew Cruzy. And Mm -hmm. Andrew started a couple of years ago. Andrew started talking about this guy who had all the success and making six figures in a few hours. And then he went on stage for Tony Robbins and he made eight figures selling from the stage. And I was like, this is fascinating. And then I watched you sell in a virtual mastermind that we were a part of because everything was virtual two years ago. And Mm -hmm. then I got to hear you speak in Austin a few months ago in person. And I was, I was quite struck by this kind of unique mix of highly, highly successful with, you know, the biggest name in our industry and also a, a deep level of spirituality that frankly, I don't find a lot in the high ticket sales masculine space. And so I was yeah. really excited to, to invite you on to have this conversation about, about life, about business, and about your approach to sales that has led you to sell more than nine figures in high ticket coaching. And also mm-hmm. it seems to have led you to do a depth of work on yourself and create impact on folks beyond sales. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to dig in. Yay. So (laughs) I know that you have, I know that you've done a lot of different things. Obviously you worked for Tony for a long time. You became his number one salesperson. Now you help other folks with sales kind of across the spectrum. And I also know that you're pretty new to online business. So I'm super, super curious, right? A couple of years ago, what was it that led you to give this whole online thing a go? Was it COVID or was it something else? You know, actually, uh, everybody knew me as the top salesperson for Tony. And I'd go into some of the biggest companies in the world, Fortune 100 companies here in the States, and I would do trainings. And, you know, Tony often will work out these JVs with like a salesforce.com. And I would go in there and I would actually deliver a lot of the training. And so Tony was, you know, my uh, my gateway drug into, you know, self-development, you know, all this stuff. And I saw the, what he did and really got curious because before that I was I was selling dental products over the phone. I acted for a bit, did a lot of things. Then when I saw Tony at the event where he, you know, turned around those suicides, like we've seen maybe in that Netflix show, I'm not your guru. And you can see him on YouTube doing this. And I I I saw what he was doing and I was like, man, there's there's something really magical to this. And I got that light bulb idea one day that if if he can use some technique to turn around suicides, I wonder if I can learn embody these techniques to turn around sales by connecting and going through a syntax that he does and figuring out that, um, you know, I, I got really good, really good. Quick, I was just super committed and wanted to, uh, I'd go to Tony events and I, I, we weren't even supposed to back this 2005, 2006, you know, 2008, I would record what he would say from stage in my little recorder and I would go home and type it up and transcribe it and look for the questions and the frames. And I would just sit there for hours, just looking at 
the the language patterns that he had and how he would go off script and on script and really looking for some of those distinctions that I could pull into my presentations. And so I did really well. And then other people in the self-development space started asking me like, well, you've sold all of this. Uh, can you show me what you're doing? And I joined, I joined Talking Wars Mastermind. It was the first mastermind I joined is Black Belt. And he just asked me to teach some people in there. And they're all you know, a lot of the seven-figure boardroom members and stuff had asked me some questions. And and for me, it was like it kind of what I knew. And I didn't know if it'd be valuable to others, but it turned out it was. And so back 2015, I started doing coaching, uh, coaching people in my sales process and how we did it and just what I said and teaching all the tactics. And it was really useful to people. And so that's when I started my, my kind of own coaching thing. And I partnered with a really big company, uh, eight-figure business. They made me the face of their brand a while ago. And then I just really started, you know, right at the beginning of COVID, like that week with my own like really unique offer. Because when I first started back in 2015, I was re- really teaching my view of what Tony was doing. So I was teaching a lot of Tony principles. And when he, I'd go into those companies, the majority of what, I mean, 90% of what I taught was just Tony stuff that was really useful to me. And it was his stuff and not my stuff. And as I started to put myself out there, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this, I was really good at selling other people's stuff, selling Tony. But with my own stuff, you know, I, I didn't have the same certainty because I believe in Tony a lot, but not in myself. And you know, there was companies where I, you know, you have a trainer to come in, you know, me to come in, it's like 30 grand a day to have me come in and train a company. And I'd go back to some of those same companies that wanted me to come in. I'd say, well, I'm doing my own thing now. It used to be 30, but I'll do it for 10. They would pause. Well, I'll do it for five. Uh, well, well, I'll do it for free. And you know, I, how about I pay you to train you? And maybe you give me a testimonial kindness. So collapse, 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 collapse. And I didn't have that same level of certainty. And so once I created some of my own unique frameworks and I really saw the power in it and people had an experience of it, I had a different level of certainty because you know, a lot of the certainty that we need to compel us forward comes from references of the past, you know, positive examples that we build on that get into our nervous system. And that's where we generate that certainty from. And when you're new, it's hard, even for me, it's, I had done it a lot, but not, it was new to have my own, my own jam. And so I think that we struggle a lot with that as coaches, because we're learning from somebody else, but to have internal references from experiences, real or imagined, that's what's going to compel us forward. And by imagine, we can create references based on visualization, you know, pre-paving, a lot of that having a an outcome that we're driving towards will make us less self-conscious, conscious of ourselves. And so that in that way, we can connect with somebody authentically and get them connected to our belief in ourselves and our process and help them build belief in themselves. So that's, that's what's happening in a nutshell. I love that. I mean, yeah, to and this is actually a question that one of my friends had given me of like, I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing Eli. What do you want to know? And it was like, yeah. okay, he sold Tony's stuff for a while, right? Yeah. How do you then transition from the biggest name in the industry to selling, quote unquote, yourself, your own services, something less known, less known to mm-hmm. you, less known to everyone else, right? Everybody at the top of this industry might know who you are by virtue of Tony. Um, and then to your point, how do you embody in your nervous system, right? Yeah. Beyond visualizations, because you certainly had the proof that you could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a new offer. A lot of folks are sitting in imposter syndrome and they're going, well, I didn't sell for Tony. Right. How do you coach your, your clients around that? Well, there's, we teach a lot of NLP and NLP. One of the major techniques is modeling. Um, And there's a double-edged sword of modeling because it's basically saying, Hey, find somebody that's super successful and just do what they do, like model their success. And you can model the tactics, like what they say. And a lot of times in coaching, we just, we do the same tactic, but that's the lowest level of, you know, really teaching or just it's tactics and there's strategies and there's principles and there's essence and there's energy. And so as we're modeling somebody, you don't just want to model what they do. You want to model their beliefs, their mental syntax. You want to model certain aspects of how they think. And so once I really, even with Tony, Tony, the job I had for Tony selling Tony's events was the same job that Tony Robbins had for Jim Rohn. So Tony would go out just like I did and speak to these companies to people, to salespeople that did not want to be sold and convince them in a very small portion of time to give me all of your money and four days of your life and travel and hotel. Like, and it's right now. So it's got to be really good. And so modeling what Tony did, what he thought um, as he broke off from Jim Rohn and, you know, Tony's a good friend of mine. So I asked him some of these questions too. Um, and he's been super supportive. Tony's like, you know, it's, it's also hard to want to break off from Tony because as he talks about, we have these needs, these six human needs. And I love Tony. Like I, part of that was my certainty is the fact that like, I just, I love this man. And it wasn't just like, I wanted to have a friendship with him or a relationship with him. I believed in him so much. I believed I can make the world better by exposing people to the principles that live inside that man inside of those events. And so I had to kind of reverse engineer the process and think, well, what's different about me? What's missing um, in his process? Because also as good as Tony is, and you know, he's very busy and he's doing a lot of things. And also true transformation for me might not always happen for people at a 20,000 person event. And it's a thousand bucks. So people aren't that committed, you know, whatever it is to go. And I thought, people go to these events and they have a great mindset and they have a great belief system, but they also come back every couple of years because they haven't learned a new skill set. And so they're not teaching you, they're teaching you mindset, but not skill set. And as I was teaching and selling Tony's stuff, I was really big on mindset and I got people to buy into the frame and the belief that in order to be successful, you had to work on your mindset, which is true. But I saw people and I see people in this industry constantly working on their mindset, but they have no skill set. And I thought, well, there's nobody out there more uniquely qualified to deliver the skill set and mindset of what actually works, the language, the tactics, the strategies, you know, and correct them on their tonality and give them real unique feedback that you can't get anywhere else with my experience. And so that became uh, part of my USP, my unique selling proposition, which is unique. And there's not too many other salespeople who've had uh, direct mentorship from Tony at that level on the different tactics and strategies to help people not become good script readers, but true people of influence. So what does that process look like? And that's where we've really expanded and created something unique. I love that. I yeah. love that. And I also know that you're not a person who's just sailed through life, right? And it's just like no. silver yeah. spoon and now I work with Tony. Like, I know yeah. you've shared, like you went through some things to get to the point where you were knocking down Tony's door to get in there. Yeah. And then even while you were working with him, like, you became super, super ill and, and needed to recover yeah. from that. Can you share a little bit about like 
what's the stuff that everyone assumes? Oh, it's Eli. Life's been perfect. That that we don't yeah. get to hear on a daily basis. You know, I I worked for Tony. I got the job and I was very good. And I'm living with Tony's son and brother-in-law. So I would ask questions to Tony if I carry, you know, through them. Hey, can you ask your dad this? Hey, can you can you ask Tony this? And he would come back. He, he communicates a lot with these little voice notes. Um, you know, and he would send like a voice note to them and they'd let me listen, of course. And it'd be something about how to handle some objection. And Tony would just give this like profound answer. And so I really embodied a lot of this and I did very well. So well, in fact, that my confidence was very good. Um, part of my story is before I got in, right before I got into the Tony world, um, I had been cast to be in a really big movie to be Superman in Superman Returns. And, you know, I, I learned a lot through that process and I didn't get it, obviously, um, and I'm really grateful I didn't now because definitely the guy who did book it, Brandon Ralph, uh, I've impacted more people and, and made a lot more money than him. Um, so there's really, you know, it's, it's cool that I didn't, you know, it's in the moment it didn't feel good. But the gift in that was I asked myself, you know, did I really go for it a thousand percent? And I didn't. Could I have got it if I went for a thousand percent? Maybe, maybe not. But I would have been more likely. And I think I would have had I really gone for it. So the question became, why didn't really go for it? Why, why wasn't I going for things a thousand percent? Fear, insecurity all that stuff that we all go through. And Tony's mindset work did help me out a lot on that. So fast forward, I've worked for Tony for a few years. We come back and we would travel in these like three month cycles. I'd be in LA for three months, Miami, three months, New York, three months, Chicago, three months. And we would just go to all these cities and do these events. And fast forward, you know, here I am back in LA. And when I was there before, no confidence. And now I'm super confident. And so I leave Tony's company and I want to say, you know, I'll get back into acting. Before I knew it, within three months of getting back in acting, there's a billboard of me in Times Square for a dance show where I had no experience. I auditioned against over 800 dudes that had lots of experience. And I make the final cut from 800 to 100 down to 30 down to eight. And it was televised, this final like dance show audition. And by the way, I have no dance or modeling really experience, but I beat all these people out because of the connection and the story and what I learned from Tony, being able to move these people emotionally through this interaction in this interview. And so- my ego is starting to explode and I'm having all the success and I'm booking stuff. And I was, you know, drinking a lot, partying a lot, working out like three hours a day because I was a fitness model and I just destroyed my health, burnt out my adrenals and all of that. It was a terrible roommate situation. Uh, we had fleas. I couldn't sleep and I was just angry all the time. And I had it gotten like a, a parasite um, just from my immune system. There's bacteria on everything. My immune system was so low. I end up getting Epstein-Barr, which is like mono, but worse. And it's just so much stress on the nervous system. And I was just like, push, 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 push. And I got a, you know, my immune system on top of all that, I got a parasite that was literally like killing me. And they talk about, a lot of people talk about cortisol, like, like high cortisol is bad. I was living on cortisol. Cortisol is kind of like a steroid. It's like a hormone that helps you push through. But I didn't know this. You can run out of cortisol. And at that point, your body can't, adapt to stress. And I finally went to a doctor and he says, a loud horn going off or bright lights in your face will literally kill you. Like you will have a heart attack because your body can't absorb all that stress. He's like, this is a big deal. And I was trying just to push through and I was just, I kind of hit my wall. And right around that time, uh, Scott Humphrey, who's Tony's brother-in-law had reached back out, see what I was doing, trying to get me back into the company. And I was broke. Like things had gotten really bad. And I told him I wanted to come back partly because I needed to work as I just couldn't do anything, but I was a fraction of myself. And so that was around December of 2009. 
And then from there, I basically, I, they invited me to date with destiny my first time going there. And I reconnected with the company and Tony and all of that, but they could see I was a fraction of myself. Like I couldn't keep my eyes open. I had, I didn't have that, that, and I said, I'd come back, but I needed the time. I basically slept for the next couple of months. And Tony did kind of this influence training in February, 2010. And Tony, I mean, you see Tony do what he does and he's very good at what he does, but he doesn't always show you why he's doing what he's doing and the science behind what he's doing from from the room. He just gave it all to us for those two days and it was life-changing for him. And at the end of that two-day event, we had connected. Um, He did kind of an intervention on me. It was really powerful. And he offered like a contest, a challenge to the company so that he was going to take the top person from each division to Fiji. And if you broke like every company record and all this stuff, you get to stay in his old house, eat dinner with them, you know, do all these things. And like, what a dream comes true and bring somebody all paid for everything. And so I made that my goal that I was going to win this thing. But the challenge was I had still been really sick. So 2010, when I came back, um, he had announced this contest that started January 1 through the year. I came back to work in March. So I was already like end of March. So I was already about three months behind everybody else on hitting this record. Also, my health was still really bad. So I spent half the week working for Tony and the other half the the week laying in bed or a hospital bed because I had, they had to do all these tests. And Tony had said something to me around that time. Part of the reason that I was sick and not doing all the things that I needed to do to get well is because I was kind of living in this pity party of, you know, and we get, we get validation, we get attention and we get to feel sorry for ourselves. And when you're doing that, you can kind of grovel in that place. And he's like, you need a, a vision bigger than yourself, something to get you out of bed, something that you're connected to. You need a reason bigger than your excuses. And so I'd spent a lot of time alone just laying in bed, miserable. And these meetings that I would do, these sales conversations that I would do gave me purpose, like life, like meaning as to why I was going through this. And also gave me a different sense of empathy because people that buy our products and services, they're often in pain. You know, they're, they want something or they're not achieving something. And I was in pain. <laughs> and so like I was, you know, doing these presentations, it was all my energy but it really revitalized me. It gave me a sense of meaning and purpose that that shifted a lot for me that year. And so by the end of that year, of course, I you know I won. I broke all the sales records in the company, working less than half as much as everybody else. And so it really changed kind of my standards and what I thought was possible. And you know I would imagine uh, I would visualize like Tony was at the back of every room where I presented, and it made me show up in a way with my standards. And my commitment to my excellence in my communication and, and being uh, this light for people. And so it, it became more than just numbers and leads and all of that. It became like this, this transformational process for me to do it every day. And it was really, really tough. And so that, those distinctions that I got uh, from him and those conversations, um, it shifted. I, I had basically a script and I said a lot of the same things. But there was a different energy behind my words. And people, I think, really felt the, the belief, the compassion, the certainty, the energy had changed inside of me. And from that place, I was able to connect with people in an authentic way that moved them to take action uh, very quickly. And that's how I, I, you know, I realized there was something more than just words on a piece of paper that we read. 
as people of influence, people that, that sell. And I just went really deep into that rabbit hole. And that's, that's kind of what we do now. I love that so much. I think that that leads really beautifully into this idea of like the difference between what I see you all putting out and the way that I see you all working versus maybe some of the other top names in the industry who are perhaps mutual friends that are great is that there's a lot of talk about crushing. There's a lot of talk about, you know, very bro-y for lack of a better word. And I think that um, often that leaves a lot of people who don't identify with those types of words, that type of language, that type of energy, to your point, feeling like either they have sales trauma, sales trauma from being sold to that way, or they're like, where's the place for me? How can I learn to do sales in a way that aligns with my spirituality, in a way that aligns with my energy, right? And even my language, right? So was, was that sort of that vision and, you know, Tony supporting you while you supported him through this process? Where did it go from there for you developing sort of this idea that I've heard you speak about in person about sales and spirituality combining? Yeah, well, it's like, it, it's amazing when you look at just a human being, you know, it's like, there's just so much there. And so you have to have this clarity and this certainty. And I always say the two core emotions that we must transfer are clarity and certainty, because that's what people are buying. But also for you as the salesperson, it's another C, it's curiosity. And when you have like your script and you power through and all of that, it's a very masculine thing. But there's that whole energy of essence. And when I'd see really great, um, and this is almost, it's, it's like a internet marketer fallacy where, you know, we're taught and, or, and people teach, you got to be vulnerable, which is true. But you're seeing all this false vulnerability. People with this Facebook post, like, hey, this was hard to post, like this fake crying, or, you know, or if you're really passionate about something or you call something out about like a certain political party and like, I can't, you're, you're creating this like us versus them frame, like this adversary. And, and it does get a lot of likes and lots of attention. But for me, and I think for the people who are truly the best, you will become vulnerable and you could call that spiritual or feminine and connect. You don't do it as a technique to get likes and followers and money. Part of the reason you will do it as a true person of influence is like for me, I'm going to spend a lot. I spend a lot of my time working. Minimum, you're going to spend 40 hours a week for most people. Uh, I spend at least double that. And I don't want the large portion of my life, you know, like 70% of my waking hours every week to be scripted. And even if I'm getting success, I want like, like I want to feel something. I want to be connected to you. Like I want to, I want to connect. And as we go down the rabbit hole of what it means to connect, there's a, a physical connection. I can touch you and there's a verbal connection, but there's like a spiritual connection and a humanity that comes from oneness. Like we're all, you know, if you, you look at it and not to get to one, you know, woo woo out there, but like there's one energy, you know, one world, you know, it's what Bob Marley, all these people sing about, <laughs> and, you know, talk about like this, this oneness, you know, like we're all this energy and there's, you know, there's low vibe energy, anger, frustration, fear, and there's, you know, enlightenment and peace and joy and happiness. And to move, you know, with somebody, the, the tools that we ultimately teach are sensory acuity, acute sensitivity, and behavioral flexibility. And so I've got to have this acute sensitivity to respond and behavioral flexibility with the human being 
that's there in front of me? And how do I connect and align with their energy and move them through a process towards an outcome? So we got to be clear on what that outcome is, but they need to be connected with me and comfortable with me. And they're not going to feel comfortable with me. Hey, they're not going to feel comfortable with me uh, unless I've created that space. And as we always say, the, the content is determined by the context. The content of the words that I'm saying to you in this communication are created by the context of how you see me. And I know, you know, as I teach sales, when we go into a selling situation as the prospect, most people have negative references over being sold to. And so they're already in a context or they're in a mental frame. Oh, I'm on a sales call. Oh, I'm about to be sold to. And so, you know, to really be a person of influence. And I think, you know, the process of influence, like we're saying, it's, it's spiritual. It's connecting with somebody's energy and moving them in a place where they evolve, you know, they, they evolve through something. And I, I sit and I meditate on this, this quote, this principle constantly. It's that our minds want to be happy and we can get the dopamine rush. We can get like subscribers. We can watch, you know, happiness is, it's a cheap commodity these days, like just dopamine rushes and, and everything, but our hearts want to be fulfilled. And then our soul is here to evolve and your soul does not care what makes you happy. Your soul does not care what makes you fulfilled. Like you're going to have challenges in your life that are there for your personal evolution. And the more resistance you have to those challenges that are there for you in the evolution of your soul, the even more challenges you're going to have in your life because you're in resistance to what is. You know, Byron Katie talks about this, loving what is. And that's how we move through it. And so we're in sales. I am taking the resistance in your life, the pain in your life, and I've got to show you what it is. We got to get clear about what it is, how long it's been there, what it's costing you, the consequences of not changing it. So I've got to pull the pain from you and the future and the possibility and put that into a sequence that leads you to a path where you are moving towards an outcome. Heaven, if you do, hell, if you don't. So it's kind of like I'm taking the the dark, the light, the everything all into this little microcosm of a conversation to make all this very real for you very fast and get you to a place where you are willing to raise your standards and connect to a higher version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we have countless techniques on how to do that, but that's, that's ultimately what's happening inside of these conversations when it's done well. Mm. Oh, so well said, obviously. Um, <laughs> I have seen you speak with, at a, cause they're a very high tech multimedia conference with a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yep. and captivate yep. a room with no slides, which I'm a thousand percent here for. Right. Because that to me is a definition of embodying influence yep. um, or one. I'm, I'm curious, how how do you take this studying language, studying NLP, embodying frames, all this stuff? How do you take it out of your business into your personal life? Is it like, well, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Or do you just put on a different hat or how, how does that work? You know, I, I think there's that. That just that idea of congruency and a, and a part of it, you know, you want, and as entrepreneurs, you want to do things for the world and, you know, make this impact and all of it. But part of the reason, and people say that they're honest, they're congruent at the core. If I'm honest with somebody, if I'm honest to you, for you, because I want you to think I'm honest, that's not really being honest for me. I want to be honest for me. Like I, regardless of what you think of me, like I want to speak the truth just because I feel like that's good for my soul, (laughs) you know, and my soul, you know, is not to get too, is more important than your opinion or money or or anything that I might get. 
And I think that's the truth that we must live in, live, live from. And if you can pull that into your friendships, your relationship, your business, it's putting on a facade, it's draining. You know, it's like, it's exhausting to have to be two people and keep up with lies. And so it's like, you can do it, you know, but it's like, man, like how tiring is that? And, you know, as Einstein says, everything is energy and some things in your life drain your energy. Some things give you energy. And so when you hang out with people that are successful, they live in these energy rich environments. You go to very poor cities, more disease, more destruction, you know, it's low energy. Another word for energy is currency. Another word for currency is money. And so high income can never flow to a low energy source. So I want to be a source of high energy and I can't be a source of high energy unless I'm connected to something bigger than myself. I'm connected to myself and I'm using what's inside of me based on this congruency to connect with other people. And so congruency, I think of it like this, it means alignment. And in every area of your life, alignment. And most people, entrepreneurs, all people, their words are here, but their actions are somewhere else. Their thoughts are scattered and emotionally they're all over the place. But when your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs, your identity, your mission all in alignment, I believe you get to a place where words, thoughts, feelings come through you because you've got a mission and you're worthy of that mission. So I want to be worthy of a mission that's bigger than me. And if I can be, have a true vision on my heart and, you know, even in, you know, Andrew Crozy did like the mission post, people are drawn into mission. Uh, Russell Brunson talks about being a mission-based entrepreneur. Like, Hey, it's my mission to this. People love a real mission. They want to be a part of something. But if your mission is just a tagline, (laughs) if your mission is just something you came up with, you know, while, while you were at a marketing seminar, it might, you know, you might want to take some time on that because this is essence. This is basically the heartbeat of your business. And so it's got to be connected to your heartbeat. You got to feel it. It's got to be something that, that all that you get emotional about when you think of what it means to you to be on this mission. And if it's real for you, people are going to connect to that because it's so rare. And if you can speak on stage and, you know, right now, like I was saying to you, we don't don't do any marketing, but we're fixing that. And so just, I'm I'm always wanting to learn from people. So I've downloaded like every VSL and webinar course, and I'm looking for the strategies on how to make them more effective because I want to be effective, especially as I'm going to be spending marketing dollars. I want to make sure some money comes back. So we have a business, but you know, a lot of it just like, I, I would rather do without all the slides and just connect to people. Cause I want to respond, you know, and it's, you know, it's, we, we're in this virtual world now, but I'm like, Hey, please turn your cameras on. Like, I want to see that you're getting it, you know? And, and I, it just, I draw energy from that. And I'm like, let's, let's connect here. And, you know, it, I just think that feels better for everybody. And so that's, that's, that's the, the essence piece that I think is missing for a lot of frameworks and slides and, and all of that, the sense of connection, but it's also harder because uh, you have to have really have something on your heart. It's easier just to follow uh, Russell Brunson's three secrets or three biggest mistakes, because that's going to get somewhere. But also there's a fatigue to that. And it's already become fatigued. Everybody's seen the perfect webinar script. Every All marketers, at least, it's still new if you have you know emerging clients in an industry where they're not marketers. So it's still new to them. So it still works. But it's not going to work all the time and in every context if you're a marketer. So how do we really find that? put it into a unique solution, a system that's clear where people can see the steps, but also feel connected to it. And I think that's got to come for you, through you. And that's part of your, 
unique selling advantage is the fact that, you know, and part of me now is like, I know nobody in in the world can do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And once you have it, so that doesn't come overnight though. Like even for me, it took me a while to get there. So I think it's great starting out to, to use all of that, but every once in a while, take off those training wheels and just go and, you know, see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's working toward true embodiment, right? Where you are a hundred percent congruent, you are mission, mission and values and vision driven and really the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And I think to your point, people feel that, right? I think that's really well said. I think it stands out, certainly stood out to me about you and the content that you put out. And I've had lots of friends who've, who've hired you and have worked with you. And so thank you for, thank you for being you and for doing your work in the world. Thank you. I'll receive that. Thank you. Where can people find you when they inevitably want to follow you off of this conversation? It's all spiritual eye. They just call my name into the ether. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, we have a website, uh, Wild Influence, W-I-L-D-E, influence.com. And we got some free training. It's under construction, uh, but there's like some free trainings and stuff like that there. They're the About Me page. So don't judge me. We're, we're changing some things right now. But um, we've got some cool free trainings. And at Wild Influence, Wild Influence forward slash go, uh, people can get like free PDFs and trainings on me teaching this stuff. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Eli. Thank you. This is great. Here's to living your life with passion.